My God. Her vagina hand. Whoa. We're back. Yeah, welcome to uh, part two. Yeah. Of um, Harry's Houdini. People time. People time. Welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Turd Ferguson. Hey, Turd Ferguson. It's a good name. It's a good name, Turd Ferguson. It's funny. Huh? It's funny. It's a funny name. It is pretty funny. Turd Ferguson, huh? Um, weirdly enough, my name is Turd Ferguson the second. Who? Dad. Is there any relation? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need to do from now on instead of saying a fake name is wait for you to say a fake name then go, yo, I'll me too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm Pony McBride the second. We're the we're the two turds this time though. Yeah, well, we're always the two turds. <laughs> so oh. we're back to the show. Uh, the first episode. If you were just tuning into this one for some random reason, I don't know why you would click on porn. Idiot. On, on, oh. uh, <laughs> on part two. Yeah. Before but, go back to part one. There's part one. The previous episode, Harry Houdini part one. This is well, Harry Houdini part two. Unless you're only interested in this part. Which you're is like, nice. I watched half a documentary on, on Harry Houdini, and now I'm going to listen to half of a podcast on him and then put it all together in my mind. Yeah. I commend your creativity as a person. The nice thing I like about this is that this is number two, and yeah. we're turds, which is the number two. It's poop. It's... <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, so we're it's back. It's number two. <laughs> I did want to report, uh, uh, you know, from the edge, as, as my life is, in my investigations, that uh, Steely Dan and Danielle Steelheart not have nothing in common. They're not related. Really? They're not related. That sucks in any way. Huh? I looked in. I looked into it. Why would you ruin this for everybody else? Well, I figure. I know that that's the kind of question that nags on most people's minds. I did the research. There's nothing to it. Everybody can go home. All right. I guess I can sleep now. That's stupid. Yeah. Go buy a Steely Dan record, and you don't. I mean, you don't have to read Daniel Steele. Yeah. Unless you're into that kind of thing. I did actually have that stupid question the other night after a couple of drinks. You're like, are they, are they related? What is this? I was like, why are they so similar? And I found out that Daniel Steele is the highest paid author alive right now. What? Yeah. Damn. So fuck you, John Grisham. Yeah. Or, or whoever is up there uh, in uh, George R. R. Martin. Oh, yeah. It's probably him, Stephen King. Fuck all them. Danielle Steele is the top. Funny thing is, I haven't read a Danielle Steele book ever. No. Not once. I've seen them in stores. Hmm. When you're like going to the checkout, and there's always there's always a Nora Roberts book, and there's always a Danielle Steele book. Yeah. And I bet they're both rolling in money. <laughs> I've never read any of their books. <sighs> yeah, maybe want to read a Danielle Steele book. Just be like, yeah, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, she was fun. Yeah. Very erotic. I had a really good time. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We're going to take off. <laughs> Thanks. Getting... That's part two. So if I um, recall, did I, at, in the last one, did I talk about his um, water torture cell? Yeah. When he hangs upside down? Yeah. Okay. Then my notes are, are where we are. Good. This is just working out. I'm glad so, you're prepared. So fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's. Um... Welcome to the program. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the show. Ah. <sighs> Welcome to the program. Thanks for, thanks so much for clicking on it. Mm. Thanks for clicking on me. We love you. Mm-hmm. That's that's legitimately true. Yeah, 
I'm a loving kind of guy. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Right now. Eh. No. Oh. I'm full of beer, so I'm more affectionate than usual. <laughs> My wife has been watching that, that 70s foot? show. Oh. Huh? I was going to say, is that your foot then? Huh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that 70s show. Yeah, and she said that uh, it's uncanny how much I'm like Red Foreman. It's nice, yeah. I mean, I've never said the word, I'll put my foot up your ass, but... Maybe you should start. I have that sentiment towards people a lot, yeah. Yeah. Like, you're a dumbass. Mm. Yeah. He's a good guy. I like that guy. I like Red Foreman. I like Eric. I don't like Eric. He's a little baby. He's a little bitch. He's funny. Yeah, I guess. He has his moments, for sure. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Donna should have been with Hyde, I think, that whole time. I met Hyde. I met the, the actor. What's his dad? Something Masterson? Yeah. How'd you meet him? I didn't know I met him at the time I met him. But so what happened was I was, this is a long time ago. I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods, just like a little sports yeah. store. And uh, yeah, he came in. He didn't look anything like how he did in the show. His hair wasn't all curly. like Oh, you know, no, he he's not wearing sunglasses. Wearing his glasses. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was uh, he came over to my register I was working at the time. And we at the time we had these little tiny lighters that were in the shape of like rifle guns so you mm. click the little trigger and then the flame would come out right and i guess he was buying a couple of those because he would bought his buddy a rifle and he wanted to give him like, like a stocking stuffer or some shit that was the lighter first that's and really lame so that way when he pulled out he'd be like oh cool and then he'd be like bam uh, okay never mind that's cool actually yeah so i guess he already bought the rifle somewhere else or something so he just came in and bought that when he found it and he checked out and left and Another coworker came up to me and he's like, Did he say my name? And I was like, What? He's like, I told him that he should go over to your register and say that well, I can't remember even what the kid's name was at the time. He's like, Tell him Tom sent sent you. He'll give you a discount. Tell him Tom sent you. He was really adamant about having an actor say his name for some reason. <clears throat> Funny yeah. thing is, I don't think he did. I think he just came over and was like, I'll take this. <laughs> right, okay. So like I don't think he said it. He's like, That's bullshit. I was like, well, Why does that matter? And he's like, That was Hyde from that seventy show and I just, I like thought about it. I was like, Oh shit, it was. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, he didn't say your name. You suck. And Hyde's like, I got that seventy show money. I don't need I don't need Tom's discount. <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck off, Tom. For a fucking like $5 lighter that looks like a little yeah. rifle. Well, and that makes sense because he ha- does something up at Sundance. I don't remember if he owns a club or if he just DJs or something up there, I think. I don't know. He's a DJ? Yeah. Hmm. He DJs, which is... Sad. Everybody DJs now. I'm a DJ and I don't I'm a DJ I DJ all the time I fucking hate it I just get up in front of the crowd put on Steely Dan <laughs> and then I just I go have a cigarette and come back put on a different Steely Dan right and everyone's like why who hired him why is that ha-? and I'm a, a, on stage just being like when you're feeling in the years yeah stone away the time and then uh, everybody leaves and it's just my party this is exactly what we wanted in the first place, anyways. Fuck mm-hmm. all these people. Come to the Turd Ferguson and Steely Dan party. Yeah. God, sometimes Turd Ferguson the seconds there. Sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, if you're in the mood, listen Go to Steely Dad. Dan. Go, <laughs> Dad. Yeah. That's, that's my dad. We listen to Steely Dan together. Like, okay, goodbye. Bye, everybody. That was still part of the yeah. joke. That's funny. All right, so... In uh, Harry Houdini's life, in uh, so we w- last time we went through most of, like his trick stuff. Yes. This is me 
doing card tricks and getting out of handcuffs and getting tied up and thrown in a fucking river or being buried alive and stuff like that. Getting mad at his idols that also were. Yeah. Anybody who would rip off his act. Yeah. He, he, would, oh, go, yeah. he would straight up go after, like, go to their show and confront them. Tear him apart, which is pretty funny. That's, yeah, it, I mean, I get it because, you know, he's, he's making a living on it and anyone who's doing something similar. But especially if he can call them out and they can't call him out. That's it's just a humor scenario if he just shows up their, their show, rips off a mustache like, ha-ha, I'm Harry Houdini. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that because I was wearing a disguise. And guess what? This is how you do all your stupid tricks, you asshole. And hopefully the crowd is into it. Hopefully they're like, oh, shit, that's actually him. All right, clap, clap, clap. Because yeah. otherwise they might be like, well, I came to see Rudini, and you came and ruined it, Harry He's like, Rudini. It's a rip off of my really? name. God. The, can't, can't even... the best part of those scenarios is when he would pull out handcuffs that can't be picked and be like, hey, okay, get out of these then. <laughs> Boudini. Boudini. And Boudini would promptly cry and shit his pants. And then Houdini would be like, yeah. And then some people were like, I actually like this show more. Can we just see more of him <laughs> crying was, and shitting his pants? He was funner to look at than you. <laughs> yeah, let's keep paying to see that. Well, sometime in the middle of this, uh, I left this out before because it leads into the second part of his story. In, in July of 1913, his mom dies. And um, uh, yeah, every source I could find, Harry is a mama's boy in a good in a good way. I mean that in a good way. He yeah. just loves his mother. He'd say not many like times, Oedipus kind of way, but a, not creepy. a normal, Yeah, not healthy. like Jack Parsons. He didn't fuck his mom. Right. Um, at least it wasn't filmed like Jack Parsons did. Yeah. It's not in yeah. a box anywhere. Oh, God. No, I don't think that there was any weirdness. I think he was just that genuine of a guy and loved his mom. Yeah. It's a nice story. That's cool. I like that. So around this time, at the, uh, the early 20th century, spiritualism is a big religion. Yeah. And spiritualism is predicated on, you know, people who can um, do tricks in the dark and then make you believe that you're talking to your dead uncle. Which is pretty funny because for somebody who does tricks in the light – and understands that, then goes and is like, hold on a second, but you're gonna do all this in the dark. Turn the lights on. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's kind of funny. It's like, well, you can't. <laughs> and I can only imagine the people who are doing these tricks, the mediums or whatever, are like, well, I can't do it if they're like able to see me. So we'll just turn the lights off. Well, check out it's, this. It's spirit stuff. It has to be spooky. And of course, they weren't passing off as tricks. Well, and the the real irony, or I don't know if irony is the right word, because I'm not particularly educated, but that's just the word that came to my mind. Harry, his, so his dad was a rabbi, mm. and as much as I didn't see anything that he went to the synagogue every Saturday, he was a deeply spiritual guy in the sense that, like, he was fine with God, he was fine with the afterlife. So when spiritualism came up, he was like, sweet, this is a way to go talk to my mom or my dad. Like, right. before his mom died, he would go to seances to try and talk to his dad. But being a magician, he would go there and be like, what the f- Fuck, they're moving the table, and this guy's flipping a light on and off. He's like, this isn't really talking to him. So he kept going to them because he was like, well, I know spirits are true. Eventually there's going to be a medium who can who can connect me with my dad. And he kept going, Right. and they kept ripping off people and, and, and making money off of their um, grieving. Well, just because, there's, just because there's people who are fakes doesn't mean there isn't ones that are real, right? Because right. if there were ones that were real, which I, in my opinion, yeah, that's not a thing. But if there were, that would also draw on people to make money by faking it. So Exactly. So – I think that's what he saw. He was like, benefit of the doubt. I right. think I think you can maybe 
communicate with spirits because I think spirits are around. I just got to find the right medium. Right. Um, well, it's legit. But the more he kept going and the more it was a pretty clear trick, he would get he would get irked. Yeah, well, that's got to be pretty annoying when you uh, are expecting to actually have a, a, you know, that's a pretty intimate thing to try to communicate with somebody who's no longer with you. You obviously have feelings and care mm-hmm. for them. And then you find out the person is knowingly fucking you to take your money. Yeah. They're lying. A, what a fucked up way to make money. Yeah. So, yeah. Like Still frowned upon to, uh, today. Sometimes I, I even feel bummed out that funeral homes charge so much. Because what are you going to negotiate with them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's only a couple of funeral homes in every city. Yeah. You're grieving. You don't really have time to go, well, let's bargain. Yeah. You know, I, that always makes me uncomfortable. But these motherfuckers are like bringing your dead relatives into the room. Yeah. And being like, oh, my gold is hidden in the backyard. And then you get psyched and it's ug- it's ugly. I'm like, I love you. And then they like start making the table float. And then he, Harry Dini looks down and sees the guy's foot's underneath one of the legs and is just moving it around. He just puts his hand on the table and <laughs> slams it on the ground. <laughs> and the guy like, starts, ow, oh, god damn it, my toe. Oh, really? Whose toe? You were the ghost. It was the ghost. Um, so, and then the and then the guy who's there is like, well, no, yeah, my mom did have sore feet. <clears throat> yeah, then, no, that's real. That was my mom. Yeah, that's fine. So, but um, yeah, spiritualism was just one of those early religions that luckily didn't in the modern era isn't so much around. I think some people still believe in it because people will believe any kind of horseshit. But uh, from what I read, it was a lot of the driver of it was World War One. Because World War One was just so goddamn horrific. Yeah. Um. So many people were grieving over their dead children. Really, I mean, seventeen to nineteen year old boys go to Europe to get murdered. Yeah. Uh, for no goddamn reason. So a lot of people were grieving in a national sense, and they think that there's some reason that's why spiritualism and mediumship became such a big deal. Because everybody was like, they're trying to find comfort you need to ta- somewhere. You talk to John. Yeah. Yeah. World War One really fucked with everybody's general or um, collective psyche. Um, another story that led to Houdini's interest in spiritualism was he had gone to a spiritualist who would do this trick called, um, actually, I don't know if there's like a name for it. It's where they use slats or slates. You know what a slate is? No. What's that? So it's, it's a, it's two chalkboards. It's two chalkboards that you, uh, there's different ways that you can have them. You can have them so they're double-sided or you can have them where they collapse into each other. But it's a chalkboard where you just need to be able to show a blank chalkboard to the audience and then have it concealed and then show it to the audience again. There's writing on it. It's usually there's two and you lift up one and show them a blank one and flip it and then put the other one down and there's writing on it. And everyone's like, whoa. Right. So he saw slates being done in a medium setting and was like... So stupid. Yeah. So he bought some slats and just made some tricks with it to use in his show. Well, he's on a boat. Um, I think they're on like a vacation boat, and Mr. Uh, Theodore Teddy Roosevelt is on the boat. Shit. I think at this point, I think he's just recently no longer the president, but he's still fucking Teddy Roosevelt. Everybody wants to hang out with him. So this is the same Teddy Roosevelt that had a. Uh, uh, we just did a... Oh, polio? Yeah. No, that's his nephew. Oh. Um, not Teddy so D. Roosevelt. Franklin Delano Franklin. is Teddy's nephew, I believe. Right. Is his nephew. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So Teddy's the earlier one. He's the he's the big guy with the mustache and the glasses who was known to go hunting moose and shit like that. He was on. He was, he was the one on Newsies. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Bigger, big guy. Yeah. yeah. 
So Teddy is on the ship, and Houdini being the consummate um, entertainer and advertiser, he's like, oh, fucking big names here. So he went and found him. He's like, hey, I take mornings every walk. Or I take morning. I take walks every morning. Come on my morning walk. And he started picking his brain for info because he was like, I'm going to do this slate trick to Teddy Roosevelt, make everybody lose their minds. Yeah. So he decided that he was the he was going to do the slate trick with him, and he had the whole thing set up. So what happened was they're in an audience full of people, and he's doing his handcuffs and shit, and then he pulls out the slates, and he's like, I am now going to summon spirits, and I'm going to have you guys ask a question that you write down, so I don't know what it is. And then I'm going to have the spirit answer the question on the slates without me doing anything. I'm not going to touch the slates. I'm not going to touch the question. I'm just going to instruct the spirits to do this. So Teddy Roosevelt's in the audience, and Teddy's actually a little reticent to get involved. But he's like, come on, you're Teddy Roosevelt. you got to get involved. Here, here, look, I promise. It's going to be great. I just don't want to see your question. So he hands him an atlas, and he's like, you can write on this, turn around in your chair, write down your question, and put it in this hat. I won't even, I won't even see it. So he grabs the hat with all the audience questions, pulls it out, and he reads it out loud. And it says, uh, it says Teddy Roosevelt at the top because he's the one who wrote it. And it says, where did I go um, on my last Christmas? Where was I last Christmas? Oh, shit. And he opens the slates, and there is a drawing of Brazil, sort of a crude Brazil. And then on the other slate next to it says, near the Andes. And, uh, yeah, he was on a river in Brazil. For Christmas. Shit. And so Teddy Roosevelt goes, Wah! and the whole crowd goes goes bananas. And that day is still marked down as the day that Harry Houdini proved that ghosts are real. Really? Yeah, there's definitely ghosts. Who wrote down. Well, and so this is interesting, though, because there's some irony to it, right? Because he used to go to these seances, get pissed off because... And now he's using it in his acts to make money and, and to <laughs> blow people's minds. And he's well, even saying his ghosts. He, he did... Uh, Always after doing these tricks, he would explain how he does them. He's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a trick. Yeah. At least later on in his years, he would explain how they're done because he was trying to expose them. In this case, I don't know if he explained to this audience how he did it. I mean, do you want to know how he did it? Well, I'm more interested in how he knew the answer. So he, in his morning walks with Teddy, knew that he was um, just recently got back from some trip in South America. Yeah. So he actually took the atlas that he later gave him, and with a razor blade, he cut into the top and put carbon copy um, paper in it. Right. So then when Teddy wrote on it, and he grabbed the questions, and he grabbed the atlas, he turned around, and he lifted the book lid, and he could see it said that. Right. So he had already loaded the slates with the intention of the question being, where was Teddy Roosevelt for Damn, Christmas? dude. How did you do I could have asked anything, right? Teddy could have, but he actually put a question in the hat that said, where did Teddy Roosevelt go to Christmas? And then he was going to pretend that the audience asked it. That's fucking funny. So he had it all ready to go. Yeah. Uh, But everybody lost their fucking minds. And uh, Teddy even cornered him. He's like, how did you do that? And he's like, it's ghost, man. I don't know. Dude, that's (laughs) I think he explained it to him. I mean, it's Teddy Roosevelt. I used to have have a magic trick that was very similar to that, so it's probably based off of that idea. And it was a simple, what it looks like, it's kind of like a flip wallet. Mm -hmm. And the wallet... If you, uh, if, when you write into the wallet, whatever it's in there, it's got like a, a light. So the wallet's black. You open it up and it's just white and you can put magic marker. You put like a sticky note yeah. or something. 
and people could write the answer. They close the wallet and they hand it to you. And when you have it in front of you, if you press on the right spot of the wallet, it lights up. So what looks like was black now is see-through, and you can see what the person did. Ah. So you can kind of so I mean, it's not ah. carbon copy, but the idea being that you know once they write it down, you have a way of being able to peek at it. And it's isn't it funny how much magic tricks are like that, where you're like. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, but when somebody else, you know, when you don't open the wallet, and you you guess exactly what it is. They're they're what the fuck? Because they'll they'll take the wallet and they'll look at it all crazy, but they're not gonna press in the right spot to make it light up. Which is why my favorite magic is card tricks. Because card tricks, when you know how a card trick is done, it's the simplest answer. Yeah. But to people who aren't thinking about it that way, it's fucking amazing. Mind blowing. Like I've done card tricks for my for my wife that are like day one types of card tricks. And if you do them quick enough, yeah. They go, fuck fuck, I don't know. That's yeah. crazy. Sometimes like, the simplest ones are the most mind blowing ones. Yeah. 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 I mean like the double lift. You yeah. do that. As long as nobody's seen a double lift video on YouTube, they don't know. They yeah. just their mind just doesn't put it together. Yep. Yeah. Well, and you usually kind of sneak in like three or four of them at once. You do the double lift and you do. Oh, my you know, God. You add them together and also the next thing you know, the person's like, they can't, not only can they not figure out one part of it, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing. Yeah. If you see David Blaine doing some crazy shit on the street, a lot of it is him just doing false lifts. Yeah. Rewatch those videos and think about that and you're like, uh, David Blaine's not magic. Well, this is. There's uh, no demons involved. There might be one or two, but not for the card tricks. And I, and I don't want to go too much off topic, but, uh, it's too late. What it reminds me of when you're talking about Harry Houdini who's getting pissed off at these mediums is there was a stupid show, and I forgive me for having to bring up that. We had Chris Angel and uh, what was his name? The Spoonbender. Uh, oh, uh, Yuri Geller. Yeah, Geller. Mm-hmm. So they had a show where they would bring on magicians who would perform an act, and if they were good, then they would – you know, be like, you're now a magician. We give you money or whatever. I don't know what it is. They win a prize you of get some kind. The magician card. Yeah. yeah. But what happened was is that you know, um, with uh, Chris Angel has this issue where if you are claiming to talk to ghosts, then you better be actually talking to ghosts. He doesn't want that being part of your act if it's a if it's a trick. Huh. Now, if you do it and you say it's ghosts, and then afterwards, like, well, yeah, of course it's a magic trick, then he lets it go. Mm-hmm. But if you are actually trying to convince the audience that that is a power you have, then he'll call you out and he'll tell you how the trick's done because he doesn't like people doing that because he thinks people use it to Which, harm others. I think that's, yeah, that's a Harry Houdini informed idea and, in the magic world. Yes. Is you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to actually attempt to deceive people. You're However, supposed to amaze them. Yeah, you're entertaining. Deceived. Yeah. But Geller has a, a slightly different viewpoint of it, and his viewpoint is it's, – it's opposite. I guess it's not slightly different. It's opposite of Chris Angel's, and Geller's was that, look, people should understand that it's entertainment. However, to make that entertainment fun, I'm going to sell it as if it's real. And they should just know better, but it's funner to hype it up. It's like when you're doing the trick and you're freaking out because the spirits are going through and you're going, ugh, ugh. It, everyone knows it's not real, but it's more fun t- for the viewers to watch. And he even still says, yes, I'll still tell people it's a trick. However, I think it's more fun to, to it, amp it up. It is more fun. Um, yeah. As much as I fucking hate Chris Angel. Yes. And his um, – I love Geller though. I mean he's – Right now, wherever Chris Angel is, he's wearing an Affliction shirt. <laughs> yeah, I don't care for him. He still has a 2000s emo haircut. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I agree with him in that case. Like, I think if you're doing a trick and the and the the joke is this ball has a mind of its own. Look out! Here it is. It's in my hand, and now it's in my pants. 
because this ball's perverted. That's fun. Nobody <laughs> believes the ball has a personality. I want to see this trick. I can, I can show you the ball in my pants <laughs> trick. I, I have two of those tricks. I feel like actually. this is a different kind of magic <laughs> trick than I'm thinking it is. Like. But if, if you're saying, you know, primordial or incorporeal spirits are helping me, yeah. uh, I mean, that's tapping into something where people actually do believe in that. Yeah. Because I had a few card tricks where I'd be like, the card wants this to happen. Right. You know, that's different. But if you're saying, Jesus is, <laughs> you know, going to come down and make this trick go, I don't Grandma know. Mary, who's been dead for 20 years, wants this exactly. magic trick to work. And as much as anybody in the audience may not buy it, you're sort of poking fun at a religion, which isn't always, that's not fun. Yeah. I'll do that, but I'm a I'm an asshole. Yeah, the me magic too. show should be fun. Yeah, it's a controversial thing in the magic world, and it caused a fight actually on their show where oh. one guy did it, and Chris Angel called him out, and the guy got pissed because he knew that Chris Angel could essentially show him how it was done, and he actually did. He ended up he had a piece of paper mm-hmm. that was all taped up in an envelope and shit, and what it said was nine eleven. And the whole thing was he was like, this is bullshit. Don't say that what you're doing is real. Say it's a magic trick. And the guy was like, no, this is this, this is, is this is real. And so he's all like, how fucking dare you? What's Okay, I'll give you a million dollars right now in my pocket. Fuck the competition. Give me a million dollars if you can tell me what's in here. You can use whatever spirits you want. Go ahead and tell use me. all of them. And the guy can't do it, of course, because it's a magic trick. So right. he can't do it. He even brings Geller and He's like, Geller, I know you can't. I know you're you're an act too, just like me. But if you want to join in on this and say it's real, then you can invoke your spoon spirit million dollars. And neither of them could do it. And then when he opened up later on the interview, because like you freaked out, what was going on, Chris Angel? And he's like, Yeah, well, the thing is, I have a problem with people saying that. And here's what was inside the envelope. He opens it up, says nine eleven. He says, If you can talk to spirits and they can predict the future, then nine eleven should have happened. You could have told people. Yeah, and he made a whole drama about blah, it. Blah blah blah. He's trying to you know use something that was extreme to the angel. If angels and ghosts were real. They would have beat the shit out of those goddamn terrorists. <laughs> yeah. I'm Chris Angel. Go America. And then he brings in David Blaine and goes, "What?" <laughs> he always. Watch. I think David Blaine is a dead person. I think he's. I don't think he's fully. He went the opposite direction alive. of what most magicians do, where Which is like kind of brilliant. Yeah, yeah, everybody else was being very flamboyant and very like extreme yeah. and open and big, and he's like all crunched up and like looks back and watch. <laughs> um. Check out this card trick. I'm pretty sure that I can swallow live animals and keep them alive in my stomach. So For 48 hours. I went to my friend at Woody Allen's house and I swallowed a fish. Everybody went crazy. Thanks, David. When I first watched David Blaine, I was convinced that he had demonic help. I thought he was. Yeah, he's, he he's was done some shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Fuck David Blaine. As I've gotten older, I understand what he's doing most of the yeah. time. But not some, he's, not some of it. I don't know. He's fun to watch. I still like David Blaine. He was, you know, Chris Angel came in as the rock and roll, you know, and I say rock and roll loosely, as in like the two yeah. thousands, you know. Well, if wearing eyeliner is rock yeah. and roll, if was he? What was his 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 show was called? Uh, Mind Freak. Yeah. Mind Freak. That uh, was bad. I fucking hate Chris Angel. Yeah. So he, he tapped into a market of magicians that didn't exist, and rightfully so, shouldn't have probably. Should have never happened. Yeah. <laughs> David Blaine was just like slow and I very still, monotone. but I still like David Blaine. Me too. I like it, and I think it was maybe his, not his last, but one of his more recent specials was he was doing mostly tricks for celebrities. Yeah. And he sat down with Ricky Gervais oh, and just put a needle through his arm. Oh. And he actually told... Him. He's like, trick. this isn't a trick. <laughs> I'm putting this, it. this isn't a this is an endurance act that I do, and it looks like magic. 
And so he literally takes a needle and puts it through his forearm all uh, the way through. And Ricky Gervais is like, no, it's a trick. It's a trick. And he's freaking out. And you can see him slowly having a panic attack. Where he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Dave, David. Pull it David, out. Pull it you? out. And it's like, my God, what have you done to yourself? No, it's, it's a trick, right? Right? It's a trick. Oh, my God. And then it's he not. pulls it out. And yeah, he just, he just put a needle through his arm. Yeah, well, and da- and Ricky Gervais went nuts. Yeah, well, D- David Blaine doesn't just do magic tricks. He does like you know he went and sat in the in the water bubble thing for yep, and he did the ice thing. He likes he to buried. do these things. He hold his breath for insane amounts of time. Hey, that's a Harry Houdini shit. And he went to a doctor who specializes in hands. I don't know what their doctors are called. Hand, 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 hand doctor handers handers. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. With the hand school. And he asked him, where can I poke a needle through my hand where I won't damage my hand for the rest of my life kind of a thing. And the mm-hmm. doctor was like, I would, I would not do that. Uh, maybe nowhere. And he's like, well, I'm going to do it. So if you want to help me, that would be great. And the guy was like, all right, well, let's take x-rays of your hand. And they did this yeah. whole entire thing. And yeah, he, he did something similar. He put a, a fucking needle through his hand. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know why you'd risk that because you could I mean, fuck it up forever. I talked about Houdini's needle trick last time, right? Yeah. So – it's that kind of thing because he would have people stab the needles into his face. Yeah. And I think the same thing with David Blaine. They just know that shock value is a big selling point. Oh, yeah. Because, I don't know, if you have high pain tolerance, which I'm sure both Houdini and David Blaine do, you could have somebody put needles in your face. And to you, you're like, yeah, it's a, it's a Tuesday. But to them, they're like, Jesus. Holy shit. Because you don't see people just doing that. That's You'll never see weird. it again in your life. Yeah. So, so you can find a place in the middle of your hand without big nerves. Just stick a needle in there. To you, you're like, meh. Yeah. And everyone else loses their minds. Yeah. Man, I'm going to learn that trick. I wouldn't recommend And then it. with a needle in my hand, do a double lift, and then my wife will freak I, out. She'll I'm pretty like, Is there a needle in your hand? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the doctor, the whole entire time you watch him go in and talk to the doctor, the whole entire time he's like, I would. I'm only helping you because I Please. think you're going to do this and you're going to fuck it up. But even giving you all the correct information and the right best way to go about this, yeah. don't do this. <laughs> like, Please. This is, you're going to fuck. David, you're a smart guy. Go go back to college. And he's like, like this? Check this out, dude. Oh, check it out. And he's like, oh, David, please. It was all no. set up like, I've already been to a hander. I know this trick. <laughs> I was here to trick you. <laughs> the guy's like, get out. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Actually, that's amazing. That's though. pretty good. Hey, yeah. Can you I'd do some card it. tricks for me? Yes. No, my hand is all fucked up. My hand hurts. <laughs> Where's the Watch. elevator? Uh, all right, so back right. to Harry. Dini, so I'm sorry. I would, uh, yeah, we're mostly just going to talk about the spiritual stuff, but I'd be remiss if I didn't add just a few of the last shit that happens in his life. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned in the first episode, he was born in uh, Hungary, but he told everybody he was born in America. Right. I remember. He had a passport that claimed he was American. Clearly, fraudulently, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Doesn't bother me. Yeah, America's an immigrant nation, and if you disagree. Yeah, at me. What up? What what at me? Anyway, so he wanted to be very patriotic. So when World War I broke out, um, he wanted to help. So he did a bunch of stuff. He uh, volunteered with the government to teach uh, soldiers how to get out of German handcuffs. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, and he would give them, like, some of his techniques for preservation. Like, if they get captured, he's like, well, I've been buried alive. So let me tell you how I survived. <laughs> and he taught him how to pick locks Lock. and stuff like that. And then he also designed some type of scuba gear that is what? there's like two latches on the side that you can undo and the suit completely comes off. 
Uh, so it's like two parts? Yeah. Mm. Not super sure what it's for, but he felt really psyched about it, where he's like, you can go scuba something, and then if immediately you're done scuba you take your suit off. Just fuck it. Like, I'm <laughs> done with this. I don't know. The military bought it, and uh, he was happy about that. And then he also got the Society of American Magicians together to tour uh, the country all on um, charity so that all their money went to war bonds, and I think they threw about a couple million to, to war bonds for that. Damn. So he was psyched about that, and then he also kind of, in his 30s, he started f- having some physical ailments that were like, I don't know, he started actually feeling pain, I think is what happened, maybe, <laughs> like the rest it's of like, us. this hurts, how? It's like, holy shit. This is what everybody else feels? Is Jesus. That, this kind of sucks. I don't want to do this. So he went and made some movies before, which I think I briefly mentioned before. Right. Um, he starts banging out Jack London's wife. Wait, wait, wait. Say what? Hmm? What's up? <laughs> we're just going to blow past that, huh? Yeah, we're just going to move past Well, no, what happened? So uh, he goes to California to get into movies. He starts hanging out with movie stars and movie yeah. people. And Jack London, the author, wrote White Fang, his wife Charmaine. Um, so there's a lot of speculated <laughs> uh, affairs that Houdini had. Many, so it's many. Not, it's not 100%? It's close to? Charmaine is 100%. Charmaine oh. admitted to it later, and then Jack London admitted to it later. He's like, I would have kicked his ass if I thought I could, except he was bigger than me. So he didn't know, or did he, and he just couldn't kick his ass? He didn't know at the time when it happened. So that... So, so was Harry Tooney, Harry Houdini considered to be a good-looking person, or was he getting most of his from his charm of magician charm? Kind of I mean, stuff? probably a mixture. There, there was a lot of talk about his eyes and how piercing blue and beautiful they were. But, Ooh. and he was a very muscular. I mean, he wasn't like ripped. But he's fit for sure. Very fit. Yeah, be able to do all those acts and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he could endure a lot. He was yeah. a very, um, I don't know what the right word is. If you're not ripped, but you're. Uh, Tone? Tone? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, they said, I'm the skinniest person in the world, so I don't know what that means. To... <laughs> People said that he was as strong like a fucking horse. I added the fucking emphasis. Yeah. But he did have many affairs, at least that are suspected. There was one of a girl whose name escapes my name, but she worked in a magic shop. And <laughs> somebody later said that Harry only loved two women in his life, and it was his mom and this lady so his wife <laughs> they didn't they didn't feel they don't feel like they mentioned uh, best. so did, she, did his wife ever find out she does yeah so Damn. actually after harry dies she finds a whole bunch of love letters from different women he just kept around yeah jesus that was so his wait. Be- that was his, his best trick of all was did- to have these ladies <laughs> wait for him well then he she actually invited them all over because best is kind of ballsy had them all come over for tea under the pretense of you know, let's all let's all reminisce about Harry, but then brought out the letters and was like, "Take your letters and get out." Wow! So it was like this whole like pretty baller. Oh my god! Like, come on over, it'll be a great time. We'll yeah. have some tea. And I don't out. know you that well, but I think you knew my husband. Maybe. Yeah. We're gonna have a a luncheon about him. Come on down and then Check out throws your letters, letters in his face. Slut. Like, the fuck out, bitch. And you too. Yeah, you thought it wasn't you. Uh, you too. It's <laughs> just one ahead time. And then like uh. the poor lady who was hired to serve the tea is like oh god i didn't sleep with him i hope i don't get in trouble <laughs> so wait the the lady that was at the magic shop so he walks in the magic shop she does she's like hey you want to see a magic trick and he's like do you want to see a magic trick and then they hit it off and so like was he just like seeing her often or was it just kind of here and there well he did not write any of this shit down and none of the mistresses wrote it down other than charmaine london nobody really ever 
cop to it. But there were witnesses from other people, associates and friends, who were like, oh, yeah, they were banging. Right. And so, so yeah, it's just one of those so things. What? So his mom and this other lady who was not his wife. God, I wish I wrote her name down. I think it's something white. Hmm. But she, um, from the book I read, there was a joke that she did very well at the magic shop because she had uh, large titty balls mm-hmm. and would lean over the counter to show men how the tricks worked and everybody bought the tricks. Yeah. So when Harry went in there and he's like, I'm the greatest magician of all, those are my bazongas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a trick for you. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you know, he was uh, an adulterer. Yeah. Kind of a bummer, but, yeah, you know, that's what it is. Um, right. Yeah, he made a bunch of movies that uh, they waxed and waned in popularity. I think the first one he made, um, everybody super liked. It's called Master of Mystery. It's sort of like a James Bond thing. But with magic. But with, <laughs> with escape arts and magic, yeah. That's There's funny. a scene where he escapes a straight coat or a straight jacket. I was going to say, how cheesy well, does it get where like the, he's like up against the main bad guy and he's like, hold on, right. pick a card. And dun, the guy's like, dun, dun, what? Dun, 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 like, I have a gun dun, dun, on you. He's like, I know, but dun. just pick a card. And then he oh, cuts oh, him with okay. the car, and he's like, ha! <laughs> Slits his throat. Ace of diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> so. That was my card. There's not my. <laughs> with his last breath. How did you do that? <laughs> he's like, that was really good shit. I know. And then the credits roll. Um, you can see parts of these movies on YouTube they're kind of fun they're silent obviously at this point right uh, he does he hangs out with like Buster Keaton and people like that back then there's one scene in a, one of these movies where there's two airplanes um, flying one on top of the other they're not attached but one is below the other right and in the movie Harry is a spy who is jumping from the top plane to the bottom plane he's gonna jump off of it shit in midair which is pretty impressive I wouldn't do well it. During filming, and a breeze came up and pushed the planes until they actually hit each other. Shit. And they started spinning sideways. Was to, he on like the, the wing or something? Uh, yeah, he was on the in the middle of the wings, just sort of holding on. Oh Jesus! And uh, eventually, the planes corrected and they were able to land, and nobody died. What? But they kept that scene in the movie because everyone was like, "Damn!" Because they thought, you know, if you put it in the movie, one thinks it's intentional. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy fuck! Well. Fun part is it wasn't wasn't Houdini. He was a body double, but oh really? Yeah, he actually after the movie he would, because nobody questioned it. But then he would approach them and be like, "I'll give you two thousand bucks if you can prove that wasn't me." It was <laughs> me. It was. It was me in the film. I'll give you. Bu- I'll give you money if you can prove it. Oh my god. So he was one of those kinds of yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then I mean, money in the movies was not as good as money touring for magic, so he quit making movies. Right. And then starts hanging out with uh, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Who's that? The author of Sherlock Holmes. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, duh. So Arthur Conan Doyle is a huge spiritualist. I did not know that. Yeah, he's probably the most famous celebrity name attached to it at that point. Which is so weird because anytime I think of spiritualist, I'm thinking of like breaking down what's actually – like what logically is happening and how obvious it seems – However, and he was writing a book about a character who likes to look at the minor details right? to put things together to make Sherlock logical Holmes would sense. not believe in that shit. Now, granted, it doesn't mean he has to be as smart as Sherlock Holmes. He's not, but he has to be able to write well enough that people assume, or you know, yeah, that he is that smart. Well, so or, yeah. um, Doyle just believed it. 
And as far as I could tell, legitimately believed it. Like most people who are in mediumship, depending on what side of the table you're on, you're conning people or you're being conned. And I think Doyle actually believed it because his wife, Mary, was the medium. And she's, (laughs) she's considered one of the greatest of the time. Yeah. And... What she did was she would summon this spirit called Phineas or Phineas, hmm. and Phineas. I don't know. I think he was a prince in Arabia or some bullshit. He was in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling stole yeah. the the character. Well, Phineas is a very apocalyptic dude who would always tell Doyle about the end of the world and how spiritualism is great. Phineas is just Mary Doyle doing ventriloquism in the dark. She she just does a different voice. I'm Phineas. I am the prince. <laughs> right, and then Maybe the dark some... helps. Like, I can't see your lips removed because I can't see anything. Oh, my God. Tell me more, Mary, or Phineas. <laughs> so um, Harry starts hanging out with them, again, under the pretense of maybe this shit is real, maybe it's not, and this guy's famous, and I like famous people, so they start hanging out. Well, um, Mary tells him, I can summon your mom, you know, and he's like, that'd be cool. Do it. I'd like that. So they sit down, and Mary's thing was Phineas would write through her hand. Uh, what do they call that? Spirit writing? Yeah, yeah. I think I, so. It's, I think it has another name. I can't remember, but yeah. 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 I know what you're talking so about. So pretty much she writes erratically, and Arthur will put a blank, a blank piece of paper in front of her and then move it when it gets filled and put another one down because she's just feverishly writing. Right. And she's claiming that Harry's mother is who is uh, – writing this shit for her or using her hands. Spirit writing. Spirit writing. Yeah. Ghost so writing. Mad. I don't fucking know. Might be ghost writing. Shit, I don't remember. Yeah. It's like that sh- you remember that PBS show Ghost Writer? Yeah, it's that. That's definitely different. <laughs> it's not the same thing at all. <laughs> it's not the same. It's such a horrible show too. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, so, of the nonsense that she wrote down, because most of this shit is gibberish. She's just feverishly going... She um, wrote a whole long letter of, I love the afterlife, Uh, I'm happy for you, I'm proud of you, I love you. Um, And then she wrote, um, oh, she put a cross at the top of most of the pages, like a Jesus cross. Hmm. Oh, I love the afterlife, it's so great. And Harry took the papers and was like, oh my God, you contacted my mom, that's great, that's so great, thanks so much, oh my gosh. Um. You know, I'm going to go to bed now. And then he went and talked to Bess, and he was so pissed off because he's like, um, even these people who think that I thought were friends of mine are trying to con me too. Yeah. And Bess is like, why? He's like, A, my mother's Jewish. There's no crosses in her yeah. life. She wouldn't put a cross. Two, uh, she never spoke a word of English in her entire life, ever. She <laughs> exclusively spoke German, and all this spirit writing was in English. Yeah. And three... I have a code with everyone I know. Yeah. And the code with my mother is the word forgive, uh, which has a whole other story. Hmm. But she didn't say any of that shit. So he was like, okay, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. So he agreed to then um, have another session with him where he pretended to tap into the same spirit and started writing his own bullshit. And so then. Weird. Because he was pissed at him. He was like. Oh, man, I think I'm feeling it, too. Uh. And he knew that Arthur had a friend named something Powell. I think it was Josh John. That's not Josh Powell. (laughs) But it was somebody with the name Powell, and he knew that he had – a friend of his had recently died named Powell, and he also knew that it wasn't Arthur who told him that. Yeah. So he was like, I'm getting 
a message for Arthur. I, I don't know. I need to write this down. Uh, uh, I don't know who it's coming from. Uh, Powell? 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 And so he convinced them that he See, that's was... That's funny. Yeah. They're like, holy shit, ours was fake. You guys, you can actually do it, though. Hey, we need you to talk to a bunch of people. That was us. the thing, was that now Mary's like, this asshole's copying me, and now she's conning my my yeah. husband. Well, and just, Arthur's like, everybody's a medium. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's like, oh, I got so many friends that are me. This is great. This is so good. I, I was going to say, I actually thought Arthur... Uh, must have been on in the hoax because he must have known like his wife obviously knows she's conning people so why I would he he has to play so. along with her right if he if everything i could see i think he actually fucking believed it because he maybe so yeah. from here on out from here on out keeps accusing harry of being a mystic or a psychic like so a lot of harry's um endurance tricks where he just is in a box and gets out of the box yeah um arthur started asking him like so you can you can dematerialize, right? That's how you get out of these boxes, like, right? Is that what it is? That's what you do? You turn to smoke? Poor Arthur. He's just... And Harry was like, these people are so goddamn stupid. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, give me money. I turn into smoke. <laughs> Way to go, Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and um, so he actually invites Doyle over his, to his house, and he's like, I've got, I got, a, I got a, a, a whole trick for you. This is amazing. The same spirit that talked to me before has talked to me again, and they want me to do another exhibition for you. I want to show you this. So he holds out a bowl or a bowl of cork balls, like balls made out of cork. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is that for? What are cork balls for? I think it's. I think back then you could just buy balls and <laughs> cork. <laughs> Why? What is that for? <laughs> it's for magic tricks. Oh. Well, no, it's for spirits, legitimate spirit stuff. Oh, okay. Spirits love cork balls. <laughs> That's the weirdest fucking shit. So he would say, here's the thing. Uh, Pick one of these balls because I want to show you there's no foul play. Yeah. Uh, These are all the same. Feel them. You can feel them. It's fine. In fact, pick one. We'll cut it in half. I'll show you. It's just just a cork ball. Yeah. Now I want you to take this piece of paper. Go wherever you want. Go somewhere in my house. Go outside. Whatever. Be private and write down a question. I don't remember what the question is. (laughs) But uh, he has him write down a question. And then come back, and he's like, okay, you got the question? Good. Now, make sure, like, pull it out of your pocket. Make sure it's it's folded so that nobody can see it. we got to make sure it's folded up. Um, in fact, let me, I'll show you. It has to be folded. Right? <laughs> so then yeah. he has let me Arthur. Let look at it. Okay, no, yeah, this is right. No, oh, I'm not going to look at it. Let me see it, though. <laughs> so then he says, okay, so pick up this bowl of the other cork balls um, and come hold it next to this uh, chalk board, or I guess it's another slate. It's just chalk. Yeah. And he says, hold it right here, and the spirit is going to make the cork ball spell out the uh, the question, or the answer to the question. Yeah. So they dip the cork in chalk, and he holds it up to the board, and lo and behold, the cork ball lifts up magically onto the board and writes the answer to the question. And, and of course, Doyle goes, <laughs> my god my god and so then harry um actually said okay buddy this is fake oh he told him yeah he's like i knew your friend powell died yeah your wife was trying to con me i just conned you yeah this is all fake and doyle was so mad because he thought harry was actually psychic but didn't want anyone to know he was psychic. so he made a fake trick to pretend that he wasn't psychic this is how dumb arthur so he's going on tell me was like i know i know a medium he doesn't want to be known by the way and guess what 
He'll even trick you into think, thinking that he's not, but he really is. He'll use spirits to do a trick to try and tell you that he doesn't do tricks. <laughs> so Which really, yeah, I mean. So the, what was the trick? Did he explain how he did all that stuff? Yeah, one of the cork balls had a magnet in it. Yeah. That's it. And yeah. then he had a guy behind the board with a magnet. In fact, his house was loaded with all kinds of wacko shit that he could do tricks for people when they have parties. That's funny. So he had little holes in the walls, and he just had an assistant grab the ball and write the question backwards onto the onto the chalkboard. That's funny. And Arthur lost his mind until he was like, dude, this is fake. It's all fake. Yeah. And it still didn't. Still didn't work. Arthur was still like, yeah, yeah, fucking Einstein right there. Some people, man. Um, The guy who's doing the the guy who's fucking doing the illusion is telling you it's just an illusion. The guy's like, no, this is really. I'm the one who's doing it. I know if it's real or not. It's not. I'm in control of what's happening right now. Like, how do you not understand? He's like, no, there's spirits in here. There's spirits. Left cork balls. (laughs) spirits love cork balls i know my wife knows spirits um her spirits don't like my balls but they like other people's balls she she, it's fine did he fuck her too i'd laugh if harry dini had an affair with her as well i certainly hope so just because i'd be i can know i got i got nothing about that if arthur ever caught them like the spirits told us it's like oh yeah you have to then yeah oh okay i'm sorry i'll leave you alone do you guys need anything yeah go go away Bring us some wine. The spirits want wine and crackers. <laughs> and cheese. Cheese, please. And sausage. And the paper. <laughs> Hurry. <laughs> Fresh pair of pants, maybe. My <laughs> wife might. I don't want her to know where I'm at. Yeah. So then uh, after he gets tired of that, the biggest name of all the mediums and spiritualists at the time was this lady named Mary Crandon. Or sorry, Marjorie Crandon. Marjorie Crandon is just the same as all the other mediums. She's like, she's like, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's wife, but I guess better because she just attracted a bigger crowd. Yeah. So she did very insane, wacko stuff. Um, Stuff that when Harry first sat in on some of their seances, he was actually a little puzzled where he was like, I know it's a trick, but I don't know 100% how she does it. Damn. Even he at first was like, she's good. This is a good illusionist. So he actually devoted a long time hanging out with Marjorie Crandon, pretending to be their friends to go to these seances until he could figure out how she was doing everything. Did he figure it out? Yeah. Yes. Huh. As soon as he did, he replicated her tricks on stage. Yeah. Ruined her business. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. I like that he's just turning us all on their heads and then going and doing them himself yeah. to make money. So wait, I don't get it. Did he? How long did it take him? And and did they get mad at him for doing that? Oh yeah, they wanted him dead. <laughs> I mean, these people were making their living off of this, right. and like Marjorie specifically is a pretty talented illusionist. Yeah. So. In a sense, she's doing what he does, doing illusions to make money. It's just that she tacked on this distasteful way of doing it that pissed him off. Right. So he was like, nah, I'm going to expose you. So, but before he exposed her, he hung out with her and her husband for a while, and their whole shtick is even more insane. Like, so her, she had a brother who died when he was 17 named Walter, and that was the spirit that would come to her as Walter. And Walter swore a lot. Uh, made fun of people. So, like, pretty much you'd go in a room with a table, you'd sit down, the lights go off, <laughs> yeah. and Marjorie will go, I believe I can feel Walter coming. And then suddenly, we know it's Marjorie, but to them, right. they hear a disembodied voice of this guy like, Hey! Hey, who did it, you asshole? Hey, what are you doing <laughs> here, huh? You sucking asshole. Hey, 
And she's got nice tits. Hey, Marge, you didn't tell me you were going to bring a nice-looking lady here. So there was a lot of talk that Walter was this run-his-mouth comedian type. Right? Because then he'd be like, all right, I know you guys are here to see a show. Look at me. Lift the table, huh? Ah, <laughs> all right. That's cool. Anybody got a drink? Just kidding. I can't take it down. I don't have a throat. So, so on and so on. Was there anything specifically that she was doing that the stuff that Harry couldn't figure out, did it mention what it was that she was doing? Stuff like... So she is, um, I don't know if she invented it, but she's known to be the popularizer of ectoplasm. Oh, really? Which is, I don't know. So Marjorie fucked a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the lights are off. There's a, just look into it if you're into it. What's up? Spiritualism, people fucked yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. And Marjorie fucked a lot of people. Yeah. Ectoplasm? Ectoplasm. <laughs> it's a... White, a white, this sticky is a substance. Spooky ghost. Oh, it was a spooky <laughs> ghost. Oh, oh my god. Look, I don't know if ectoplasm was sperm or not. What I'm telling you is, it's a white substance that appears in a dark room. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Now she also had a thing where a hand would come out of her vagina. What? No, you're making that up. Nope. I wish I was. No, this isn't real. Well, it wasn't actually a hand coming out of her vagina, but yeah, she. So she would like. So Harry later on decided it was a it was like a piece of um, like um, well, uh, pork something. He was like, I'm pretty sure that's pork something to look like a hand. Oh my. But she would use it where like it's Walter's hand. What? Why? And it would come onto the table, and everyone would go, "Ooh, it's covered in ectoplasm," and then. She'd move it around, and it's fucking weird. You're kidding me. No. So, wait, wait. Just to make sure I understand this. Because there is no Walter. So, what she decided to no. do, what she thought was going to be a good idea, was to go get some pork. Some some dead animal, Some, yeah. some steak, something, and pour it into a hand, yeah. shove it into her vagina, and was like, <laughs> all right, here comes Walter. He used to love doing this when he was alive, so <laughs> he's going to come out of my vagina, and he's like, whoa, and I'll flex around it was a special thing my brother and i had where his hand would come out of my vagina so harry houdini saw this and he's like i'm gonna go replicate this on stage i know how this is done i'm gonna pull a hand out of my vagina on stage (laughs) (laughs) i mean that i think he probably just explained where he's like yeah i hope i don't have to explain ectoplasm to you guys tonight but (laughs) that's something she does um yeah i think the ectoplasm the um the, the hand thing made everybody sufficiently in these seances pretty freaked out. Yeah. Because the alternative of it being a spirit is this lady being it's crazy, crazy yeah. and summoning her dead brother to pull his hand out of her crotch. And what's like, even the significance of that? Be like, see, it's real because it's, it's like, why would a ghost do that? Or why is that helpful at all? No idea. But they were making a lot of money off of this yeah. shit. So um, Harry now starts doing really awesome stuff. Um Oh, I actually have a, a quote from around this time that I was going to say. So he, he actually said, I would not expose any man who claimed he was doing a trick, but I feel a claim of the supernatural is wrong and has driven people insane. Because yeah. he's like, well, so is the power of the, of the Almighty so trivial that all he can produce is a, a tipped table and the ringing of a bell? Yeah. So he was really just over it. So he actually hired a bunch of people to go to different seances because he couldn't go to them anymore. They knew who he was. So yeah. 
Well, sometimes he would go with a mustache on like he did before <laughs> when he would expose people. So he'd go with like a mustache and pretend to be an old man and then at the last minute pull out a flashlight and be like, ha this is how they're doing it. Because that's just how he is. Um, but he got this lady named um, – so her real name is Rose Mackenberg, but she went by Francis Rod. And in the spiritualist religion, if you express interest and pay a nominal fee yeah. – and sometimes exchange sexual favors, you can be ordained as a medium yourself or as a reverend and start performing your own stuff. Hmm. So Francis Rod uh, went and got turned into a reverend as many times as she possibly could using Harry's money. She would just go to these places and, and pretend to not know what's going on and be interested in it and be ordained. He was just doing this to prove that it's a fake religion. Yeah. Um. And then when his uh, show started, he started doing a show where he would rep- replicate all these all these seance tricks on stage. He would always bring Rose Mackenberg out and be like, this is my friend Rose. She goes by Francis Rod. Um, she's a reverend, and here's all the paperwork. These people are fake. If you didn't notice, Francis Rod is F. Rod. It's, it's Reverend, reverend Fraud. <laughs> he thought that was pretty That's, funny. Yeah, it's clever. Yeah, it's he had a good time with it. He's like, ha ha! <laughs> my greatest trick ever! A literary switch. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he, he did that, and they, you know, they were pissed. They actually tried to sue him, and he tried to sue them. Yeah. Um, the legislature actually got involved to try and decide if maybe this type of deception is illegal. That didn't go anywhere, because... You know, it's America. Yeah. If you can con somebody, you can con somebody. I mean, look at our fucking president. Yeah. It's just that's just part of our thing. Yeah. Um he uh he keeps doing this and he starts to get death threats. That's normal when you threaten somebody's well being. But he does this one trick. Uh there's a comedian or comedian, uh magician named uh Raman Bay who would get into a coffin and then have it weighed down and put in a swimming pool. And he would always say, this is airtight, so I only have three minutes to breathe. Right. So I'm going to go down in here, and then they're going to lift me up after ten minutes, and I'm going to be just fine. And Houdini, being the competitive type he is, I mean, he's in his, uh, at this point when he does the the Ram and Bay trick, I think he's 50, 50 or 51. Yeah. So it's kind of a scuba gear? What is this? No, you just get into... A coffin and they close it and weigh it down and put it in a swimming pool hmm. and so he did that and he said uh, i'm gonna stay in here an hour and a half and he just did that huh was it just there's that sufficient amount of air or what is yeah it? there was never any reveal that it was a trick it was just legitimately he's like I, in an airtight place you can breathe longer than you think you can breathe yeah. but when they did bring him up he was disheveled and yeah. really fucked up and yeah. kind of this is actually when things start kind of going shitty for him because shortly after here, he fractures one of his ankles. Um, well, how did he do that? In his upside-down water trick. Oh, fucked up his foot. Bummer. And wouldn't go to the doctor for it. Why? Yeah. He's like, I'm here. It's Houdini. I can do it. I'm I, untouchable. I'll heal it with myself. I'll do a magic trick. Want to see a broken ankle turn into a healed one? Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, it still hurts. <laughs> Let me put a needle through it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a shitty ankle now. Shitty ankle. Um, he. Uh, all right. So, if you don't know, it's sort of a known thing in the internet culture that Harry Houdini died by being punched in the stomach. Yes, that's that's how I know it as. Right. So, 
This is not like a trick he would do all the time. It's not like a trick he would do on his shows or anything. But there is a small history, at least the furthest I could find, of 1918, where he would just show people his abs. He was very proud of his his abs, washboard abs, and be like, hey, hit me. Eh, hit me. (laughs) He's that guy. He's that guy. (laughs) He actually is. So (laughs) I'll get to it. But he, he actually, a guy does ask him, he's like, I know you always talk about your stomach like, yeah, pretty big muscles. He's like, yeah, look at my arms. <laughs> and he's actually like, my my back is like a barrel of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a frat guy. Like, just, yeah, oh a God. little bit. He's like, you ready for pong? You want to get some pong? Let's go do this. Uh, but so he does have a small history of, yeah, showing off his stomach to a younger man and be like, I bet you could do it. Hit me. I bet you could do it. Yeah. Huh? You get me, I'll get you. Huh? That kind of guy, and the guy's just like this young kid, like I don't know what. What is happening, <laughs> Dad? Why is this man talking to me? <laughs> Shirts up, like huh? hit me. You think you're cool, huh? Twenty year old kid, huh? You Do think, it. Think you're young and fit? This old man can take it. <laughs> so he's in his fifties, and he's asking. He's clearly asks somebody. He goes to the circus and asks very young children to to punch him in the stomach, and he got arrested for pedophilia. And that's, that's actually how he died. That's not. That's not true. No. So um, he um, there's a whole thing about it, but he's backstage after a show, and a, an admirer who he knew was drawing a picture of him, like a sketch. Yeah. Um, and he's just shooting the shit with him, like you know they're asking him questions about his past and all this shit. And this guy comes in who it's presumed he knows. His name is Jocelyn Whitehead. And Jocelyn Whitehead is an old football player. He's kind of a bigger guy. Yeah. And he starts asking Harry kind of odd questions like, do you think if you lived in biblical times with your current tricks, would people think that you're magic or an angel or a prophet? Yeah. And Houdini was like, I don't really want to comment on that kind of thing. I don't like to add religion into it. If you see my show, I'm not really into adding that shit into into my life. But I will talk about how I escaped from manacles and stuff. And, uh... He was annoyed because he did later say um, that that's a question that uh, the spiritualists would often use. Is they're like, you know, it may not seem impressive that it's just this table lifting, but in olden times, this is how the spirits communicated with us. So when Whitehead asked him that, he's like, that's a little bit of an odd question to be asking me. But then shortly thereafter, Whitehead asks him, um, so I know you're really proud of your stomach. You get hit in the stomach sometimes. Can I hit you in the stomach? And that's when Harry's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit older. I'm not so much into that, but check these guns out. <laughs> but then ultimately he agrees to be hit in the stomach, and he's laying down because his foot is still fractured. And Whitehead just pummels him in the stomach. And multiple times? Four or five times, yeah. What? And the guy making the sketch has to get up and pull him back and be like, what the fuck is, what are you doing? He said you could hit him, not pummel him in the stomach while right. he's laying down. And so Harry gets up and he's like, that'll, that'll be enough. Thanks, thanks, yeah. get out. So, yeah, he starts having some stomach problems. Um, oddly enough, he doesn't go to the doctor, but later, like, that week, he he's just sitting in the lobby of the hotel he's staying at reading the paper, and another younger big kid just walks up and punches him in the stomach. But without even saying anything to him? Just, like... Just hit him and walked off. Jesus. And so there is some speculation that even Harry mentioned that he thinks that Someone was trying to like fuck him up. Yeah, the spiritualist had hired some people, some younger kids, to just 
punch him. Which is crazy because you think, like, well, that's not going to kill a guy. Right, so, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that's the weirdest assassination I've ever heard of. <laughs> right? Unless, like, punch him with, like, a needle he doesn't know. It's got poison. And like, did it yeah. rupture something or something like that? So that's what happened, yeah. So he's in such crazy pain. They go back to the hotel. He won't go to the hospital because he's Harry Houdini. Which is weird. They finally, I think he, um, so he got punched that Friday. Um, had a show that Saturday where he had a fever of, like, 105. What you can't do? What that sounds awful. Why would you do that? So they said is that the show um, he did the best he could, but was a little lackluster. Right. Um, there was quote. There was a quote from a. I actually watched a documentary that had uh, Teller from Penn and Teller. Yeah. You know Teller doesn't speak. Didn't talk. Yeah. So it's funny because the caption says it's Teller. But then his face is blacked out, <laughs> and then he talks. <laughs> and I thought, what? <laughs> fucking genius. That's so something about him has to be concealed at all times. Oh so it says Teller from Penn and Teller, right. blacked out you face. You know who it is. Yeah. But, uh... So Teller has this quote where I don't know if he made it up or it's a speculation of his or if he read it somewhere, but it says that this last show, uh, a guy who'd only seen Harry one other time was very impressed. He's like, that's a great show. Great. I mean, he's doing a lot of good tricks. He's on point. And then another guy who had seen Harry about eight or nine times before could pick up that there was something off. Yeah. The idea there being that even punched in the stomach, broken he's foot, well. fever 105, he's just that strong of a guy. Jesus. So uh, after the end of that show, he bows, he collapses. They bring him back to the hotel. And all Sunday he refuses to see a doctor until his personal doctor calls him at about 2 o'clock in the morning, he's like, go to the fucking hospital. Yeah. Why do you want to go? Is it just this, like a pride thing? Like he's here doing he doesn't so want I, his pure week? I mean, maybe he kind of felt like if I go to the hospital, this is real. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm in crazy amounts of pain. Jesus. Um, but he also had a very high pain tolerance, so maybe to him, being curled over on the bed, he's like, this will pass. Yeah, he's like, I'll just roll, run it under a cold tap. Yeah, pour some... Pour some whiskey on it. You pussies wouldn't be able to handle it. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ultimately, when they looked him, looked at him, yeah, he he had an appendicitis. Shit. So he was punched on. Or he claims he was punched on his left side. Your appendix is on your right side. Yeah. So the surgeon said, "I'm still not 100 percent what happened because there's not um, any real medical literature that says you can punch an appendix to make it burst. Yeah. It's not how it works. But he, we do know he was punched." And it burst. So he got what's called a uh, periantitis, which is where the appendix actually bursts and the um, the amnio- or bile fluids and shit in there yeah. infects all your internal organs right there. So he's fucked. Yeah. They don't have antibiotics back then. So they, they do a second surgery to kind of clean him up and try, but... There's so much infection in his gut that it actually spills off the table onto the floor. Which is a fun, oh, that's fun so visual. gnarly. <laughs> it smelled really nice. In there. Oh, my God. It probably didn't smell quite as bad as Marjorie Seance's, though, with her <laughs> ectoplasm-covered hand. Her vagina hand. Her beef, her fucking pork. A, her beef hand. Ah. <laughs> 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 So, yeah, uh, in the hospital, they give him eight hours to live. Uh, Terry Houdini, he lives seven days. <laughs> he's a fucking pimp. Right. But it's still in the hospital. I mean, he's debilitated. Yeah. So he actually tells a doctor to not let Bess in the hospital room um, because this is the, when he says his famous quote that she's the most peculiar woman I've ever known. 
And he's like, just keep her away from me. I need to die in peace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's so great. So she doesn't see him until the very end. And he tries his best to, you know, say goodbye to everybody and do his thing. And he has a nice conversation with his attending surgeon saying, um, you know, I had actually wish I had been a doctor. And the doctor was like, what? But you're the greatest entertainer of all time. And he says, well, you, the difference between you and me is that you actually do things for people. And I, for the most part, am a fake. Yeah. I mean, I'm an entertainer, but you actually help people. And the, <sighs> the surgeon was so touched by that. Yeah. The funny thing is the surgeon made all of that up. He's like, yeah, yeah well, that's what we're going to hear. He was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish I was a doctor. You are respectable, sir. Nobody else was in the room. <laughs> I mean, he, he could have been like the great Harry Houdini. Wish he was me. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just saying. It was, the, it was the last thing he ever said. So I don't know if you want to write it down or whatever. I don't care. He it's went just, and told that to his wife he first. He's like, honey, even though my patient's going to die, he, he still thinks that I'm great. And she's like, okay, yeah. You, you said that last week about Buster Keaton, too. <laughs> you say that a lot. You said that about the guy on the subway. They all think I'm great, honey. Everyone thinks I'm the most amazing surgeon of all time. And she's like, I slept with Harry Udini. What's up? Uh, nothing. What? She's like, everybody has. <laughs> <laughs> He's got those cork balls. Uh, cork balls and blue stunning eyes. So, um, yeah, Best does go in there when he dies. Uh, the very, the very end. In fact, Hardeen is there and his brothers are there, uh, except the brother he hates. Um, which is actually, I don't know if I explained that. That's where wow. his mother's code word was forgive, because right before she died. Um, Harry was in a fight with one of his brothers because I think I did explain this last time. His one of his brother's wives left her husband for one of Harry's other brothers. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so Harry was so pissed off at that brother, his name's Leo, that his mom was like, Well, you need to try and forgive him anyway. He never did. Leo was not there when he died. Yeah. He was still like, fuck you. And even when I was looking up his uh extramarital exploits, there was some speculation that maybe he also slept with. Oh my god! After getting <laughs> mad at his own brother, yeah. for like he's like, "Yeah, I got on the side." That's actually why he's mad. He's like, "I had her first. She's just the Houdini mattress." <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. Sleep with three brothers. That can't be proved either. But he yeah. died on Halloween Day, nineteen twenty-six, at only fifty-two years old. And uh, Bess screamed and then laughed. What? She laughed hysterically. Uh, I don't know. That's just a quote. Crazy. She's yeah. kind of losing it a little bit. Hardeen. Grabbed her wheelchair because she was just inhabilitated because she's a crazy person. He just wheeled her into the hallway like, <laughs> you're too loud in here. <laughs> okay. I don't know what he saw in you. Please cry and laugh out here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was buried with all his correspondence with his mother that he saved over the years. He That was buried underneath him as a pillow. It's, oh. a, it's a very sweet. Yeah, I... I'm a very cynical person. Even that made me like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a sad story there at the end uh, of his general story about what Bess did after he died. I don't I don't care for Bess. I'm okay. going to just put that out there before we get into this story. Um, so I mentioned, I think at the very early part of the first podcast, that Harry met Bess when she sang a song called Rosabelle. And so that was her code to Harry was Rosabelle. Oh, was it? So, yeah. <clears throat> So after he died, she hooked up with a spiritualist reverend named Arthur Ford. Who she already known now. I would imagine at this point she can't think that they're real anymore after Harry's gone through so many. I hope not. Exposing them. She said that this part of her life when she was 
you know, grieving for her husband was kind of a, a haze, and she was on a lot of drugs, right. hanging out with some sideways people. Yeah. One of them was one of these spiritualist guys, and she's put up a very large public display of him uh, coming to her and saying the word Roosevelt. Wait, wait. She said that it happened? She actually, so Arthur Ford is a is a one of those guys, so he can do the seance tricks. Right. So they had a very public display of uh, the, I believe it was the word Roosevelt written on something. And then she took off her ring and showed everybody it's inscribed with Roosevelt and explained the story. So everybody went, oh my God, he finally came back. Um, Weird. I thought, so I, I've heard this story before-ish, and I always heard that she never found it. She, she never found anyone that could do it, but in this case, the the truth because I didn't, I only heard. She was behind it. Yeah. Jesus. She wasn't being conned. She joined in, set on it, it up, and there's some speculation that it was because she wanted to have that final say. Like, if he was going to come back, she wanted the public to understand that she that he came to her, yeah. not his mistresses, not Hardeen, whatever. I think she's just a crazy bitch. Right. That's a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. Because he spent the latter half of his life defrauding these people. And then she's or exposing all credit. them. And then, yeah, she replicates Maybe that it. was also a fuck you to Harry, just as like, okay, you did all this to Oh, you're just going to die? Watch me. And not just die, but cheat on her and shit. And he's like, well, check this out. I guess that's true. I'm going to undo all your work that you've just been doing. I'm going to make... Although that, that kind of puts everybody else, you know, as, as the targets of... Rather than Harry... And it, he's dead, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it perpetuates a problem that he yeah. had. So that's not cool. Yeah. I was a little pissed off about that when I yeah, read on that. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, but uh, after that, I mean, Beth started to do a ceremonial seance for him every Halloween for about yeah. 10 years where they try and communicate with him. Um, that has yet been ex- unsuccessful. I'm, su- right. I'm sure you're surprised by that. Other magicians have kept that up. Um, somewhere every Halloween, I think they do it in Vegas now. You can go to Jane the Ori Houdini seance if you felt like it, <laughs> and watch nothing happen. Nice. Um, his uh, big collection of memorabilia and handcuffs and old books and shit on on the occult was in his will given to Hardeen, and Hardeen was supposed to destroy it all. Why at, at his death? I don't know. Harry didn't want it to go on to be sold or put in museums and shit. Weird. But Hardeen died um, unexpectedly during a surgery, so it actually fell into the wrong hands, and that's exactly what happened is it was traded and sold, and a large portion of it was auctioned off in 2004. And I feel pretty confident David Blaine's got a lot of that shit. You go and pick it up. People like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened to him. Interesting. That's the life of a, an interesting gentleman. Well, gentleman might be loose, but... I'm really sick of thinking about him. <laughs> I've been thinking about him for like two, three weeks straight. Yeah? Yep. You're done with it, huh? Need a new person to think about. <laughs> interesting guy, though, in history. I mean, definitely changed the world in magic. Yeah. I mean, that's got to have been a... Uh, I don't even know. I mean, as far as I'm aware, I've never heard of anyone else before Harry Houdini or during the time of Harry Houdini. Definitely not any household names like Harry is. No. You know. Magician-wise. Yeah. No. I mean, that's definitely like we do have household magicians now, but what the world of magic would be without him is one of those things where you're like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like there's not um, 
superhero franchise as well. Superman. Yeah. You know, there's not porn without desperate addicts. There's mm-hmm. not magic without Harry Houdini. Bam. What a beautiful world. Yeah. So it's a good time to live in. <laughs> it really is. It feels really great <laughs> to be around when everything is. Uh, I bet you could probably find that too. Harry Houdini porn. What's that? What's that law? It's the rule of everything, like 34, 43, Something. the rule that exists that any kind of porn I think you can think of. Over the last few weeks, I have read and watched most things you can get about Harry Houdini that I did not come across. Mm. But I, could, I did not look for that search specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I did not search Harry uh, Houdini getting fucked. Oh, man. Oh, why didn't I? Oh, well. Mm. There's, you got time. There's no time now. Oh, okay. I'm moving on. Good. Different different people. Uh yeah, the few things I was going to talk about that were just sort of fun points is uh, remember, folks, this is these are tricks. Yep. And he would burst out behind these curtains with his collar undone, covered in sweat, um, not because the trick took endurance, but because he splashed water in his face and opened his coat. It's, it's a trick. It's fun, though. When I thought about that, I was like, that's awesome. It's hilarious. That's so fucking cool. He also did a trick where he made an elephant disappear. Oh. And I wanted to mention that because... Um, he did it at a circus, so you know how circuses work where the audience is in a circle. Yeah. And they took an elephant, they put it in a cage, and he put a big curtain or Cloth. sheet over yeah. it. Yeah. Pulled the sheet off, and the elephant was gone. Nice. And nobody knows how he did it. I mean, nobody thinks it's magic. But right. there's just large disagreement in the even magic world of how he did it. Yeah, even yeah. up to now. So I saw a few guys try and explain it where they're like, I think maybe this is what he did. But if you think about what it takes to deceive everybody in a complete circle right. with something that size. You're like, so he still did some stuff that today we're like, I don't know. Not sure. That's cool. Good, good, good job, Houdini. Yeah. You who did it. I wish I hadn't said that part. <laughs> oh, I also want to mention, this is cute. Uh, so him and Bess never had kids because they couldn't conceive. Hmm. Um, I don't know which one of them couldn't conceive. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of extramarital affairs, so he might have some kids out there if he could conceive. Interesting. But in uh, Harry and Bess wanted a kid really bad, and they had come up with a kid in their brains. Where like, So if they were away Why? from each other, they would write letters to each other. Yeah. And they pretended to have a kid named Meyer. Uh, his dad's was named Meyer, so that he, they named their hypothetical kid Meyer. What the fuck? And in their letters, they would... Make up stories about Meyer, like, oh, Meyer got in a fight at school today, and Meyer did this, and Meyer ended up going to college and being a journalist, and then Meyer actually became president of the United States. Of course, yeah. Before fantasizing all this, before they retired the character, but what a fucking weird. It's hilarious though at the same time because it probably started off as a small joke, and then you're like, yeah, Meyer. That little fucking shit. He's always getting into stuff. Like, easy to blame on him, even though they both know it's not real. And then it becomes more of like a... You know what that little bitch did today? He <laughs> just, just take all their frustrations out on this fake, <laughs> fictional... So I hit him with my with my hypothetical belt. <laughs> I wouldn't hit a real kid. Of course not. No, but... Just the fake kid. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't decide if that story was adorable or just odd. It's probably a little of both, I guess. I suppose. I could see, you know, couples do weird shit. I mean, I, to be yeah. honest with you, if I told you some of the shit that me and Melissa do that it's odd and weird, yeah, it's our thing. It, nobody else is going to fucking get it. Go ahead, go ahead and put it down for the That's r- all right. recording. That's all right. Yeah. That's, I'm good. I don't know. My wife and I some don't Some of them do I don't even think weird. I could explain. It's more like, 
Go, trying to explain it would be hard. That's true too. When it's so like Obscure. levels of yeah oddness. Yeah, yeah, that couples have. Yeah. Anyways, well, I I have to pee. Thank you for. I'm surprised you made it this fucking long. Oh, well, an hour and twenty minutes. Did your bladder not know what? That's how. Actually, uh, one of Harry Houdini's tricks was holding your bladder in. I wouldn't do that. That might have cost him. <laughs> Shit, I gotta go. <laughs> Hey, thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts. Be sure to catch our next one that's coming out. Thank you. People time. People time. Hey, click on the next one and subscribe, bitch.